Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Wednesday morning. So once Team USA was out of the World Cup, my interest in it. But we're getting closer to the final match, aren't we, Ned? You are hardly alone with the interest factor. <laughs> i give you a few television notes. When the USA was playing, they had... The Fox Network estimates they had as many as 12 million folks in the United States. I was one of them. When the USA wasn't playing, 600,000. That's how much it dropped. Yeah. Okay. Who's playing? Don't cry for me, Argentina. Argentina, for the sixth time in the nation's history, has made it into the championship match. They did it with a 3-0 walloping of Croatia yesterday in the semifinals. So, who is Argentina going to play? We'll find out today. The second match is France, which is an, an annual, well, it's not annual, but every four-year contender for the World Cup title, is playing Morocco, which I think I'm correct on this, the first Arab nation ever to make it to the finals, uh, the semifinals, I should say, of the World Cup. Those two will play today in uh, Qatar, and then the winners will play Sunday for the, the World Cup championship, Argentina against the winner of this one today. Should be... I guess a lot of fun. I'd probably be watching pro football, but over and above all of that, it is it is what it is, and it is a world championship. For another country that's not the USA, and again, 600,000 people watching it should tell you something. <laughs> all right. Very, very sad notes in the sports world this morning, Ned. Yeah, a couple of them, as a matter of fact. Mike Leach has passed from the scene at the age of 61 entirely too soon. A massive cardiac event is how Mississippi State, and he's the head coach at Mississippi State, or was, uh, described the event. He had it on Sunday night. The air evacuated him to Jackson, Mississippi, and it was apparently pretty obvious that he was not going to survive. <clears throat> Leach, uh, who was a veteran coach, been around at Texas Tech and Washington State and Mississippi State, had the Mike Leach air raid is what they called it and he had some high scoring teams did not have Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech he'd left before then but he did have Cliff Kingsbury as his quarterback and Kingsbury of course is now coach of the Arizona Cardinals had a number of players he is the one who engineered Texas Tech's really high scoring games did the same at Washington State and did at Mississippi State this was his third year at Mississippi State the team is supposed to play in the bowl game the day after New Year's, they are going to. They're going to honor that commitment, play Illinois down at Tampa, Florida. But Mike Leach obviously won't be with him. He is a victim of a cardiac circumstance, and it's really, really too bad. 61 years old is all he was. The other sad note today, Mike, when I was a kid growing up in Philadelphia, the one of the great stories of mid-century was the Philadelphia Phillies of 1950. They came from nowhere to win the pennant, and earn a berth in the World Series. They were called the Whiz Kids, and they were my boyhood heroes. The last of the Whiz Kids passed yesterday. Kurt Simmons, a great left-hander, had a magnificent career, pitched for the Cardinals in 1964 when the Cardinals won the World Series and the New York Yankees won 18 games for the Cardinals that year. A stylish left-hander, he passes from the scene at the age of 93. So two of them gone, that's a shame, but it is part of life. Sad stuff, sad stuff, but what a really cool team. I bet you remember that well, don't you? I, actually, I, I would have been nine years old at the time. Uh, I do remember it. 
how well, how distinctly the players I do, because as I got older, there was no free agency back then, so the players stayed with the oh, team yeah, unless forever. you traded yeah, him. It was lifetime. Richie Ashburn and uh, Robin Roberts and Del Ennis and people of that caliber, Granny Hamner. Hey, they were all boyhood heroes of mine. Cardinals, minor league players of the year. Who are they? There are two players of the year and one pitcher of the year, and all three are Springfield Cardinals or were. As far as this year is concerned, Jordan Walker, that's hardly, hardly a surprise. He spent his whole year down here. He won't next year. He won't be here. And Moises Gomez, who was here for about three quarters of the year, hit 23 home runs down here and hit 39 after he went up to Memphis, not at Memphis alone, but that was his total for the year. Those two are the players of the year, Jordan Walker and Moises Gomez. And the pitcher of the year is Gordon Graceffo, who came on, oh, a little bit after, oh, not, not quite before the middle part of the year and pitched extremely well. Those two are the big award winners that was named yesterday by the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Congratulations to them. That is a big deal. So, Chiefs are in Houston against the Texans in a rare noon game on Sunday for the Chiefs and Texans. And what are the guys in Vegas saying about this one? They are saying that it should be all Kansas City. I said the same thing last week. Yeah, it gives me a little pause nine, for concern. Nine and a half, and the Denver Broncos beat the spread. Uh, how they did it is by mirrors, but they did it nonetheless. In this case, the Houston Texans are a 14-point underdog. Now, keep in mind, Houston gave Dallas a very tough way to go last Sunday. I think the Texans will be ready for this one. Uh, Kansas City certainly will be. They learned that they can't take their foot off the pedal because it is pro football, mm-hmm. and these are professional athletes. Houston's not very good. They've only won one game this year. So you have to know the Chiefs are going to be extremely ready for this one because they do stand. They're, they're playing for home field advantage in the playoffs, and right now that path to the home field is very easy. Or let, let me rephrase that. It's easier for Kansas City than it is for the Buffalo Bills. So Kansas City has to take advantage of this. Right now in a tie, Buffalo wins the tie. Can't afford to have that. So indeed, Kansas City needs to keep right on winning, and I think they'll do so against the Houston Texans. And uh, the, uh, the meaningless power rankings came out yesterday, too, and Philadelphia continues to be number one. But the, uh, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are number three. They've been elevated by a couple of them now, so that, that, that's pretty good. Number two, of course, goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a bit of a surprise. Eagles, Bengals, and Chiefs. That just doesn't seem to resonate, does it? Until you consider that the Bengals were runner-up to World Series or, and in this case, Super Bowl champions last year. Yeah, but at the same time, if we see them down the road, we're going to get some payback. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You're right, but we still got four games left. A lot can happen in Buffalo. A lot can happen in Kansas City. You never know, especially after this past Sunday. Uh, again, that's a noon start. Ned Talk will start at 10, and we'll be at Coyotes with the trailer. Another chance for you to qualify to win it this Sunday. All right, Kyler Murray. He probably won't be ready till at least midseason next year. The uh, the folks at Mayo Clinic, and I doubt very much that they're the ones who do the surgery, but the folks at Mayo Clinic, and talking about ACL uh, tears, which is what Kyler Murray had, have estimated it takes about a year to fully recover from that. Now, not the surgery itself, of course, is <laughs> in the case of the surgeon, 
relatively simple. You do the knee operation, you reattach the, the ACL, and you're set to go, except that there's a long rehab involved in this, and the rehab can be very stressful. Anyway, it takes about a year to fully recover. Now, there have been instances in which players have come back before then. Joe Burrow is one of them. But whether or not Kyler Murray can, he's a very active player. He likes to run. We'll have to wait and see. But he, I doubt very much, is ready for the start of the season with the Arizona Cardinals. I think that would be a really hasty recovery. They could also get, you know, certain kind of injections in different countries that helps the healing process. <laughs> and we're not going to get into that. Yeah, but hey, man, pro athletes do it all the time. If you got money and a will, there is definitely a way, sir. So we never know. We might see him a little back a little bit sooner. He's young, and we'll see. Last year at this time, a new NBA record was set as far as scoring goes. Who was the guy who pulled it off? It's Steph Curry of the Golden State Warriors, and it was one year ago tonight. And of all places to do it, Madison Square Garden in New York. And what Curry did, Golden State playing the New York Knicks that night, Curry blasted one home from three-point range. That was three-point shot, successful three-point shot, 2,974. And that broke by one the record that had been held by Ray Allen. That was a year ago tonight. Since then, Curry has really rifled that ball from long range. He's a great player. Really is. In fact, Mike, Sports Illustrated each year gives their Sportsman of the Year award. He is the winner this year. That's a little unusual to me because it's a World Cup year and the USA was in the World Cup and there have been other circumstances going on, but they chose Steph Curry as their Sportsman of the Year. Good choice. Good player. Golden State got beat last night. Their their team is struggling a little bit, but Steph Curry isn't. He's a very fine player. And yes, a year ago tonight that he established a record, but the way he, he's still young, the way he is putting this out of reach may be eons before it's broken. Probably. He's a great player on the court and off the court, Ned, just like you are in the <laughs> studio and out of it. I'll see you tomorrow.